All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Monday, November 28th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. So, Clayton, gobble, gobble, happy Thanksgiving weekend. We are going to be looking at a five-day, at a three-day. So, it's the five-day starting from Wednesday, November 23rd. The Friday five-day is the weekend of Friday, November 25th. In between there, you had Thanksgiving on Thursday the 24th. Those are a lot of numbers we throw at you. But, Clayton, why don't you throw some more numbers at us with a Thanksgiving edition of The Plow? Oh, yeah. And this is going to be a top 10. Okay. And it is going to be the five-day. Wow. All right. So here we go. Number one, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, made $64 million dollars. In its third weekend, it's at $367.6 million. Number two, Strange World made $18.6 million in its first weekend, five day. Wow. Number three, Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery made th- 13, 13, what am I, a stooge? $13.2 million in its first five day weekend. Number four, another newbie, Devotion, made $9 million. Number five, The Menu, made $7.3 million. It is currently at $18.6 million in its second weekend. Number six, Black Adam, made $4.5 million. It is now at $162.9 million in its sixth frame. Number seven, Bones and All made $3.5 million in two weekends. One was a limited release. Number eight, The Fablemans, another movie going wide, made $3.1 million. It is at $3.4 million in its third weekend. Again, those first two were limited. Number nine, Ticket to Paradise made $2.6 million. It's at $65 million in its sixth frame. And rounding out the top 10, The Chosen Season 3 Episode 1 and 2 made $2.2 million in its second weekend. It is now at $13.4 million. And woo boy, that is your top 10. And just outside the top 10, going all the way to 11, she said... It made $1.5 million in the five-day and is up to $4.3 million total, average of $750 per theater this past weekend. Not the, uh, not the choice of uh, families over the holiday weekend. We'll, we'll leave it at that. So, Clayton. Well, also not the choice of families over this weekend. Let's just get it over with. Let's okay. rip the Band-Aid off. Yep. Strange World. Yeah, okay. I mean, this was the the new quote-unquote biggie for the weekend. I mean, it was a Disney animated film. It, it got a wide release, 4,174 theaters. Uh, you know, you would think this is a slam doink, a Disney animated film, holiday weekend, wide release. What could go wrong? Clayton, what went wrong here? Well, I, I mean, here's something that went right is your prediction. Because you predicted a $19 million five-day, which was so below 
even the lowest expectations for this movie. I mean, it seemed Mm -hmm. in some ways crazy when you predicted $19 million for the five day and Clayton, somehow you didn't go low enough. This movie made 18.6. This is stunning. When I said this would be a historical bomb, I even went high, (laughs) as you said. So this, this before, Today, 19 was where it was being called, and I thought, oh my goodness, I nailed this. Right. And then when it went lower, 18.6, I mean, I'm not happy either way. I'm not happy about being correct here, because you never want to see a movie fail this spectacularly. No. For no. theatrical sake. I do think that sometimes movies need to fail to show studios what to do and what not to do. So mm-hmm. sometimes these failures can be instructive. Although, again, this was comp to Treasure Planet, and it seems that was 20 years ago. And mm-hmm. I said in our preview episode, studios just don't remember their history. Mm-hmm. They're just doomed to repeat it. And this was a repeat. Yeah. Now, yeah. now Pat... I am going to ask you to step aside because I may step in it here. Okay, so I—I I mean, I definitely—I never want to step in it. So I—I I, I will allow you to do this because we're going to tread on some territory here, and obviously. Well, when you say we, we you. Mean I am you. going to tread on some territory here. Great. And I want to nip in the bud mm-hmm. all of the stories you're going to hear about the reason this movie failed mm-hmm. is because there is a prominent gay character in it. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why this movie did not fail because of that is because it wasn't marketed like that. This movie's marketing was so incoherent, nobody knew what it was about. So unless you wanted to dig in and find something to be outraged about, if you were on a certain you know, side of that fence, then you can do it, but this wasn't a widely known idea. So therefore, all of the people who are going to say, here you go, this is why this failed, that is not true. The reason why, the, and I, and again, steer clear of me right now, Pat, because I'm going to say, I understand bigotry does exist. I'm not saying bigotry does not exist. But the case here is that this was a movie that did not look appealing to anyone. And we are seeing that in the box office for it. Sometimes a movie just fails because people don't want to see it. And again, this was the only thing other than Lyle Lyle Crocodile, who we know is a bum. This was the only thing for kids, really little kids. And it failed spectacularly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to dance around what you were saying. Okay. Um, I mean, here's the thing. Even if if someone is a bigot, mm-hmm. you know, they the marketing on Strange World was so muddled and non-existent that a bigot wouldn't even know that they wanted to protest this movie. Mm-hmm. A bigot wouldn't even know that they wanted to avoid this movie because they wouldn't even know that this movie had something for them to be bigoted against because yes. the the advertising for Strange World was so incoherent. Basically, all we knew about this movie is that there was vaguely uh, like a dad and a grandpa and a kid, and it was 
junky sci-fi, the worst kind of sci-fi, the sci-fi that never works, which is the sci-fi with like pirate ships. And and it's like that mix of it's, it's supposed to be sci-fi, but it looks old Mm -hmm. treasure planet, you know, that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the comp. And that is really the only thing that you could even glean from the advertising of what strange world was. And people did not want that. You know, this is not a case of quote unquote, go woke, go broke, because I don't even think that anyone knew that this would be woke or, or whatever, you know, like, mm-hmm. like there, there was just nothing to grasp onto about this movie. So I completely agree. That is not a reason this movie bombed because people didn't even understand that they needed to be quote unquote protesting it or whatever. You know, like yeah. there, there was just no. It, it comes down to the this movie, just based on a genre, looks completely unappealing, and there were no big stars out there promoting this. And not that even big stars nowadays mean anything for animated films. You know, we're not in the days of Eddie Murphy and Mike Myers and Cameron Diaz for Shrek, but th- there was just this movie was a clear bomb. For months, And I think something we need to talk about, Clayton, is it is pretty clear. You know, we talked last week about the shocking news that Bob Bob Chapstick got fired. I'm already forgetting what this guy's name was because he's so irrelevant at this point. But Bob Chapstick got fired as the CEO of Disney last week. And I think it's pretty clear the, the Strange World release was the final nail in his coffin. You know, it is not a coincidence that Bob Chapstick got let go right before this historic bomb of Strange World got released on Thanksgiving weekend. They knew this was coming. They knew this was his fault. This was the final nail in the coffin. Strange World is such an epic disaster that it brought down, I mean, an already weak and crumbling CEO, but it it was the final thing to bring him down. You know, Strange World is going to be something that is taught or at least should be taught in colleges for decades. Yeah. Now, this is going to lose an estimated $147 million. Now, this is not as catastrophic for Disney as, say, the Treasure Planet bomb in 2002 because obviously they have Marvel. They have all these other revenue streams that they can eat this. Yes, but it doesn't look it doesn't look good for them but they can eat this. Now, the question is and you know the great great Anthony D Alessandro of Deadline, you know, you got to read his right through every weekend. It's a must, must read. read. But he also wrote another article about what does the strange world bomb mean for theatrical and Disney and Iger and Bob Chapstick. Great article. Mm -hmm. And he says, this is his thought, and I agree with this, is that Chapstick was put into a corner because if he kept this movie from theatrical, people would say, what are you doing? You already already held back Turning Red. You've made so many mistakes when it comes to it. And also, 
I think internally with the gay character, even though it was, wasn't promoted, that was a fact that was known internally. And he already was in trouble for the Florida thing, which we won't get into. But there was some issue with in Florida with with um, with uh, with with gay rights and things like that. And so it would have looked bad. So that's why this needed to be released in theaters, even though this would have been a perfect sort of movie to put directly on Disney Plus. Now. The problem with Chapstick and the reason he's gone is because there are movies that go to streaming and there's movies that go to theaters and that got muddled. And yes, it got muddled with every service because of the pandemic. But once the pandemic ended and vaccinations were available, you had to change course and not waste these big budget movies in uh, the streaming model. Right. Mm-hmm. We've all we've all re- realized this, that the Warner Brothers day and date, it costs a lot of money and it costs some people their jobs. And that's why this cost cutting is happening, because they had to spend so much money on that. And so what we're figuring out now is there's movies that go to streaming and they're at a low budget and there's movies that don't go to streaming that go to theatrical and they are high budget. That is what we've all figured out. And now it just needs to be done. Well, I mean, Strange World is a movie that never should have went to streaming. The issue of it is why did they make this movie? Why did they make a, you know, Disney is going to make a limited amount of big budget animated films. You know, you get one or so a year. And why was that slot used on this story, on Strange Mm -hmm. World, junky sci-fi with, you know, a dad and a grandpa and a son. That's the problem. Once they committed to making this and once they spent the money they spent on it, it always should have went to theatrical because Mm -hmm. unless it was such a disaster that you had to hide it out of complete embarrassment, you Mm -hmm. put it in theaters. You do what they did. The bigger issue was this movie was not the right movie to spend there precious you know one animated film a year resources on that was the problem it always should have went to theatrical but also so should disenchanted aka enchanted 2 so should hocus pocus 2 and i saw in that article anthony d'alessandro does talk about those movies were budgeted lower than a theatrical movie would have been budgeted hocus pocus 2 definitely was because hocus pocus 2 was meant to Always right. meant to go to streaming, and Disenchanted was meant to go to theatrical. Right. So Disenchanted, for sure, should have been in theaters. I mean, mm-hmm. that is just uh, one of the the craziest box office stories of 2022 that I don't think even gets covered enough at this point, is how did Disenchanted not get a full theatrical run? Hocus Pocus 2, you know what? That still should have gone to theatrical, even though it kind of looked a little cheap, even though mm-hmm. it sort of, you know, it was budgeted for TV. Just the IPness and the fact that you got the original stars, that should have gone to theatrical. So should Strange World. The problem with Strange World is that shouldn't it, it's it was a mistake making that film altogether, because that is clearly not the genre of animated film that ever does well for Disney and -hmm. people don't want it. They don't, no one has ever wanted these 
junky sci-fi movies. That's what Lightyear was just this past summer. And yeah. and, and, and I, I feel like it is this, this favorite amongst animators. They think they're going to be the ones who pull off that story. There should be some kind of law at this point against making these junky sci-fi for families animated films. People well, just like, do yeah. not want them. There should be a, a law also to not make live action Tarzan movies or Lone mm. Ranger movies and those ki- types of movies. Robin Hood, don't make another live action Robin Hood ever again. Right, right. They, they're always but, failures since the 90s when they were successes, but now they're always failures. But but just junky sci-fi for families, there's no success. I mean, it is always a disaster. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know I guess a, a thousand monkeys on a thousand typewriters. Eventually, one of those monkeys are going to write Tale of Two Cities. That's the theory, but that hasn't been proven yet. And Disney making a junky sci-fi for boys animated film that works that also hasn't been proven yet. The now, monkeys me... haven't written a Tale of Two Cities, and Disney hasn't put out a boys junky sci-fi animated film that's worked. Now, let me just speak to something really quickly that you said, that this movie should never have gone to streaming. I agree. Everything should go. Everything should go into the theaters, right? But what I'm saying is that if Chapstick wouldn't have blown it so hard with Pixar, Mm -hmm. he could have had a release valve with this and used it as, hey, We've got this brand new big budget animated movie coming to Disney Plus, and it could have saved a little bit of a face, but he didn't have any face to save because of the Pixar debacle, right? I I agree with you that everything should usually go to theatrical, but sometimes you got to have that release. You got to have that release valve if something is going to to bomb this spectacularly because now this is going to be up there in those annals of, you know, open range, which was another, uh, uh, Disney bomb and treasure planet. Strange world will be invoked all the time now. And if it was a straight to streamo, it would not be invoked ever. Nobody would ever think about it. And they would just eat that loss. Yeah. I mean, I see what you mean there, but then that would have been a situation where they would have had to move disenchanted to this weekend. Disney, couldn't just punt on Thanksgiving weekend. They had to have product out there in the theater. Especially then you make since, that switch. You di- put Disenchanted I mean, sh- in. Obviously, that was the move to make. Right? That, so that, there that we go. That should have been the movie. And Disenchanted comes out this past weekend. It oh, Listen, even if that movie isn't as good as the first one, and the reviews, that's what they're saying. Disenchanted is not does not capture the magic of the first one. Even so... That movie opens up to fifty plus million dollars mm-hmm. easy on a Thanksgiving weekend because you got Amy Adams and it's the sequel and nothing else matters at least for the first week or two. And I mean, we'll get to this because you also pulled up last year's Thanksgiving five day, correct? I did. So, well, but well, this and- we are down. We are down from last Thanksgiving when people were still scared of COVID or more so, 
And that is amazing to me that now there's more people willing and able to go to the theaters and we are down on a Thanksgiving five day. Yeah, it it really does speak to how the studios have messed up basically since August in terms Mm -hmm. of having product ready for the market that this time last year, Thanksgiving 2021, we were still in a state pre-Spider-Man No Way Home, pre-Three Spider-Men, feeling like, is this going to work? Are the theaters going to actually come back? We weren't sure that the audience was really going to come back at this point last year. And you look at it, Thanksgiving 2021 was a better box office weekend than Thanksgiving 2022. And it comes down only to studios not getting enough product, not getting enough movies out in the theater. That is the only reason because the audience is here. The audience wants to go back and the studios are not giving them enough to go back to. Or in the case of Strange World, not giving them something that even passes the lowest bar of quality or the lowest bar of their interest. Well, Pat, you can't say there's not quantity because devotion, strange world, bones and all, fablemans, and I'm I, talking I, the, big, but big. and that's so that's what I'm saying. It, it there's a quantity issue. There's not a quantity issue. I think we're agreeing. We just sound like we're not agreeing that it has to be big movies. Like Creed three was supposed to open this Thanksgiving and it got punted. And that is a disaster because that movie would have opened bigger than Black Panther's third weekend. A hundred. Well, listen, let's, let's get into it. I mean, the movie that could have made a a giant difference this weekend, the movie that would have completely changed the complexion of Thanksgiving 2022 is Netflix's knives out Two glass onion. So we have numbers. Numbers mm-hmm. came out, and this movie, Netflix only put it in around 600 theaters. 696 and, theaters is what we're getting as the okay, number. Okay, so, so about 700, 700 theaters, which is still less than a quarter of what this should... I mean, th- th- that is about, what, 20% of a real wide release for a movie uh, uh you know a big big movie you know uh, you figure a big big movie like this should have gotten 3500 theaters it got 700 so that is 20% of what the release should have been and it's only going to be in theaters for one week netflix is basically giving it a nominal theatrical release just to mm-hmm. say that hey we did it even though this is not even close to a real theatrical release. It's about a fifth of what it should have had this weekend. That movie, for its five-day, would it make $13.28 million, so $13.3 million mm-hmm. is what it made in 700 theaters. You figure that's about a fifth of what it should have made. So that should have been a $65 million five-day. Yeah, and just to give you an idea, the the three day of nine point three million is the tenth best opening for a title opening in less than nine hundred theaters. Wow! So wow. this is a movie that people wanted to see. This is a movie that, like you said, big could stars. have big IP. stars, IP, 
great could genre. Have... Mur- you know, murder mystery comedy. Great genre. We. Uh, Strange World would be a just a distant second thought to us or third right. thought or fourth thought this weekend because you'd have Glass Onion and the third weekend of Wakanda kicking butt at the theater. We'd be yep. up from last year. Who knows where we would be? What, what, what would be the comp year for this? You know, yeah. with Glass Onion coming out in more than 700 theaters – and, and, and getting and getting a true promotion because this movie made thirteen point three million in its in its five day weekend with not a a real theatrical promotion. Not just mm-hmm. the fact that it was only in seven hundred theaters, but Netflix did not spend what a movie studio usually spends to open a movie. You yeah. Know, uh, it spent. I'm looking at it. Looks like it spent about four million dollars in promotion for this movie. Something like Strange World. They spent twenty million dollars. You know, yeah. and obviously that's part of why Netflix doesn't do this. Is they just they they is even though they have unlimited money, they get real they get real uh, stingy when it comes to promoting movies. They don't promote anything. So this movie made thirteen point three million with. Barely any advertising campaign compared to what a, a studio release usually gets. Mm-hmm. This movie would have made 65, 70, maybe even $80 million if it had a real release, a, a three to 4,000 screen release, and had something even resembling an actual promotional campaign. Easy $70 million five day weekend. It, and instead it made 13.3 million Th- this is this is a just disgraceful display by Netflix that yeah they did oh this. yeah I it's mean, a now disgusting that it's act happened, it's a disgusting it's, act yeah now that it has happened because we were upset about this in the lead up we were upset that Netflix was not going to give glass onion a true full theatrical release but now that it has happened and we see the demand that was there for this movie. Sold out screenings everywhere. It's breaking all kind of records in, in terms of how much money it made in this few theaters. The fact that Netflix didn't do it, now I sit here sickened. Sickened to my stomach at what Netflix did. It, here's, here's what's even more disgusting. They're yanking it. They're not going. This is not a Terrifier Two situation where people are so excited for this movie. They're packing the theater. They're vomiting. Mm-hmm. This and and then the theaters were like, "This is great. We're lapping this up more and more. We want this movie in our theaters more." The th- theaters can come to them and say, "Hey, this is doing Buffa Bobo. Can we extend?" And Netflix is going to say no. They're going to yank it. They're going to yank it. And I know that that, that I know that theatrical got good terms for this movie like they the, they netflix gave them very good terms financially to oh, play that's this nice. movie that's but nice netflix you know what if i'm theatrical i say f you netflix i don't want your i don't want your product anymore if this is what you're going to do because this is this is it's disgusting to me it's a disgusting act and now i'm going to read a, a part of an email from Wanna Be Oh Boy Austin. Okay. 
And, you know, we usually do the highlights, but I think this one needs to be, at least the Knives Out section needs to be read in full. He said, hi, hey, Pat and Clayton. Hoping I can sneak this quick email before the show, but I wanted to let you know, let you guys know, I did get hard numbers for at least one theater for Friday for Glass Onion. At a certain Regal in Buffalo, New York, Glass Onion was packed all weekend, and my buddy gave me the following numbers for each showtime for Friday, November 25th. The 12.30 showing had approximately 129 tickets sold. The 3.40 showing had approximately 141 people. The 7.05 showing had approximately 194. Mm -hmm. And the 10.20 showing had 89 people. These are insane near sold-out showings for this particular Regal, as the 7.05 showing I went to only had a few single seats in the entire auditorium. Averaging around $11 per ticket, it's the national average, I can say that at least for one day at one theater, Glass and Onion made $6,083. Having seen the film, he loved it. This is easily the funniest narrative, comedy, of the last few years and plays like gangbusters with a huge crowd. Not only would this have opened miles above the original Knives Out, but this would have had staying power even after the Christmas season, just like the first film did. All film is subjective, so maybe the audience and I are wrong, but man, this felt like a crowd pleaser to me, and it would have been a gigantic hit. Netflix is easily leaving $400 million plus worldwide on the table with this one, and it's so disheartening to see. Add yes. to that their pathetic attempt to advertise some fake-ass Jason Momoa movie called Slumberland during the Thanksgiving parade and pretend it's a box office hit. We got to look into that. But basically here, Austin is saying this movie was sold out and this movie played like gangbusters. And that is what is so uh, uh, ju just so disgusting about the fact that they're pulling this, this out of theaters after only one week is that if this movie is as good as Austin says it is, and hey, I, I trust him. He's got great taste. He listens to the B.O. Boys, so he's mm -hmm. got he knows he knows what's good. If this movie is really that good, if it's as good as the first Knives Out, then yeah, this is the type of movie that you dream about because the 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 buzz would have built and built, and you would have had a second weekend that had a minimal drop. You would have had a third weekend where maybe the, the audience goes up because people are just telling everyone you got to see this. Netflix has the dream theatrical release. IP, big stars, genre that people love in a murder mystery comedy, and they've got a good movie, and they have decided to not use it. It is a disgrace. It is a... A, a, a slap in the face to every theater owner in the world. It is a slap in the face to moviegoers. They're, they're, they have something that we'd want and they won't give it to us. And don't tell me that they are giving it to us in a month uh, on Netflix mm -hmm. because that is not the way people wanted to see Glass Onion. They wanted to see it in a movie theater with groups. They wanted to enjoy this, laugh together. Uh, solve mysteries together. They wanted to do this in a movie theater, and Netflix is not letting people do that. 700 theaters for seven days is not a theatrical release. It is a, it is a, it is a tease, and it is a disgusting act. Well, the one thing that could make Netflix 
change its tune and start really putting movies out theatrically is mm-hmm. that Wall Street no longer cares about subscribers, just those numbers. They care about profitability. They care about the money. How much money is Netflix actually making, right? And if Netflix has something like this and can make hundreds of millions of dollars theatrically, that could be a benefit them benefit for them for stock prices, right? And I hate to get into the streamo territory because we're not the streamo boys, we're the we we're the BO boys, right? So at the end of the day, this is a big fuck you to theatrical. And that's really mm-hmm. all that we care about here is that Netflix is always trying to find franchises, create franchises. They try to do it with the the red what is that fucking movie with the the rock and ryan reynolds? well there's well there's there's red notice with red the rock notice. and ryan reynolds there's also the red one coming out at some point next year which the rock announced as a franchise he didn't now, was announce that netflix it as a or amazon though was that netflix that, you're right that's amazon that's yeah. amazon but they're yeah, trying netflix to get is 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 uh red notice they're trying to get franchises started and mm. what they effectively did was take an emerging original IP franchise and completely neuter it and yes. completely marginalize it in yes. a way where like they're seeing the glim- they're seeing what this movie could have done if it was just allowed to breathe and be where it should be which is in theaters and mm-hmm. they're just going to cut it off at its knees and you know what the knives out franchise is is just damaged from this theatrically it's damaged i i it's it's so hard obviously this franchise would have been so much better off had it not gone to netflix had it been at a real movie studio you know went to sony went to warner brothers stayed at lionsgate wherever and made its 200 million dollar domestic in the theaters played on TNT and HBO and everything around the clock for the next 10 years. That would have been the best case for this franchise. I do think that at least it was good. It is going to get so much press of this variety of the look at how great it did this week. Look at how bad Netflix screwed up. I think at least knives out as a franchise is going to get a lot of goodwill off of this week because it's not knives out fault. It's not Ryan Johnson's fault though. I guess it is his fault because he sold this to Netflix. So it is kind of his fault, but the franchise, the movie itself is going to get a lot of goodwill for how good these numbers are in the limited release, how much people liked it when they had a chance to see it in the theater. And then I guess everyone will watch it on Netflix when it comes out. I, I, I do think there is still a world in which hopefully Netflix learns a lesson from this. It takes its licks from the Scott Mendelsons, from the Jeff Box, from the B.O. Boys, and Knives Out 3 in two or three years is on 4,000 theaters and gets a normal theatrical release. In which case, I don't think any of the bad press of this will affect the opening weekend of that movie. I still see a world in which Knives Out 3 is a gigantic theatrical hit. Hey, listen, if Netflix just reversed course now and just 
figured out a way to get this movie in 4,000. It's not going to happen. But if it just figured out how in the next couple of weeks to get this movie in 4,000 screens, this movie right now, Knives Out 2, Glass Onion, would make hundreds of millions of dollars in theaters. Mm Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't think it's damaged. I think people love the movie. They love the franchise. They love Daniel Craig doing his Louisiana accent. I think they love that. I think Netflix is the one that rightfully is going to catch all of the bad press, all of the bad mojo from this. Not it, not Knives Out. It, it, and I will say, though, so Knives Out, even though it was only in around 700 theaters— it damaged the BO from for some other movies that were skewing older, right? Like the adult movies, like Devotion. I'm not saying Devotion would have made $20 million, huh, if huh. Knives Out wasn't uh, theatrically released for this weekend, huh? But huh. definitely people chose Glass Onion over Devotion. They chose Glass Onion over The Menu. They chose it over Bones and All, and they chose it over The Fablemans, right? So this is a movie that was sucking up some cash and then splitting, right? Yeah. I mean, I I don't even know. I've heard that theory thrown out there, but this weekend is down from a year ago. It's so far down from where Thanksgiving weekends usually are. I think people didn't want to see devotion i think all those other movies honestly did about what they were always going to do and this is not a this is not a a finite pie you know where where uh, glass onion took from the fablemans i think glass onion pulled people into movie theaters who, who if glass onion wasn't available at all this weekend those people just wouldn't have went to go see a movie. Some of them, you're right. Some of them would have went to see something else, but I think Glass Onion didn't really draw away from any of these other movies. Well, the the, the the audience was so down. The audience is so much bigger than what the numbers were this weekend. The audience just didn't show up because there weren't enough movies, big movies that they wanted to go see. And a lot of people went and saw Wakanda Forever, maybe for the first time, maybe for a second time. Right. Right. right? So I that mean, movie look, held strong because yeah. I think it was, you know, one of the better options of what they had. It was in the three day, only down 31%. Yeah. I mean, Wakanda Forever is very successful at this point. I think. The fact that that opening weekend wasn't as big as the first movie started, you know, gave us a little thought. Is this going to be an issue? Is this movie going to be a sign of of bad times for Marvel? People clearly like this movie. It had a pretty good hold in its second weekend. You know, it dropped in the low 60s when those movies usually drop closer to 70, over 70 uh, in their second weekend. And this was definitely a really strong Thanksgiving weekend. So Wakanda Forever, I think we could safely say, is a full-on, uh, no-reservation success. But not a phenomenon like the first one, which what can be? That is, phenomenon right. are rare, and that's why they're phenomenal. Exactly. So I think that one is is... There's not much to say about Wakanda Forever other than... It's a huge success, and there's no reason to 
really overanalyze it going forward. People love the movie or they like it very, very much. And it's it's doing way better than an, an average Marvel movie. Um, I mean, here's a movie I want to just touch quickly on because I think it had a pretty good weekend. And I think it's set up to maybe do pretty good business for the size of movie it is. Down at number five, The Menu. You know, a movie I saw its first weekend and liked a lot. It made $7.3 million in its five days. It's now up to $18.6 million domestic uh, total. You know, that's a movie that's going to, I think, is going to get to its $30 million. And for a sort of horror black comedy, I think that's, I think it's on its way to having a good total. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I it's, mean, I mean it, it's not going to be a breakout, you know, giant hit, but for that genre, you know, dark murder comedy, it, I think it's doing better than you than you could have expected. You know, for Fox Searchlight, it's going to be a pretty big movie. I mean, it's doing fine. I, I mean, again, this is not like a crawdad situation where it's breaking out. It no. is good for its micro genre, but again those movies always do so poorly that anything that does halfway decent and isn't a disaster looks like a success. So I'm going to let you plant your flag for the menu. And I, mean, 40, I think that 42, this doesn't... A 42% drop? You're, you're not going to be on board for, the, a, 42% for a 42% drop? For, uh, drop. Uh, the money is so minimal here, Pat. The money but is it's so for, minimal But here. it's a first to second weekend. Even on minimal opening weekend, on minimal... Uh, uh, size openings, the drops are bigger than that. Like a 42% drop is a sign that people like this movie. Well, b- but blockbusters drop in the 60s. These smaller movies don't normally drop in the 60s, right? Unless they're total disasters, like, you know, she said. I- I'm fine. I don't think we need to talk anymore about the menu. You think the menu's going to have legs. We shall see. We shall see. I think we're going to end up having to talk more about it. I think it's insulting. Because you're going to, you, you, well, to you're going to have to talk about it. I mean, you're going to make us talk week. about it. Every yeah. single week. You're going to bring every it up. Single that's what I'm week. saying. You're going to bring it up every week. Yeah. So we're going to have to talk about it. So let's not talk about it right now. We'll talk about it next week. Really good holds. Very Great. excited about this, Rob. Good, good for you. Now, good for is, the there, menu. is there any. Is there anything else we need to talk about, Bones and all? Obviously, very minimal interest in this movie. Probably the only interest you're getting for this movie is Chalamet. So 3.5, it did beat out the Fablemans. So that's something. But it was playing in way more theaters than Fablemans. It was playing in 2,100 more theaters than Fablemans. It It had a per theater average that is a quarter of what the Fablemans did. Um, bones and all, no one wanted to see this. I mm-hmm. think it's pretty clear. Um, and it is from, here's something I'll throw out as a comparison. So this movie was released by United Artists who do not release a lot of movies. They released a new movie, an opening weekend movie one year ago on Thanksgiving weekend. That movie from UA on Thanksgiving weekend, 2021 was house of Gucci. Mm-hmm. And it opened up to a $22 million five-day weekend. And I bring that up because I think that is one of those movies that would have done so much better one year later. Mm-hmm. House of Gucci coming out Thanksgiving 2022, 
I think opens to 30 or $40 million five-day weekend just based on being something else in the in theaters and having a much better climate a year later. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bones and All is just... It's so never niche. Was, it's so niche. It's so niche. And I don't even think you could blame this on Chalamet. I don't know. No, I'm not blaming it on Chalamet. I mean, I was giving Chalamet some propers for anybody seeing this movie. Yeah. I don't even know what movie star could have possibly opened this bigger. It just, it's it's a small, quiet cannibal drama. But good. it's good that it's in theaters. It's good that's in theaters. Now, Pat, I don't I don't think there's any other movies in this top ten we need to talk about. Uh, but we do have a few emails that I just want to rip through because we got a lot of feedback. Uh, Thanksgiving, people were stuck with their families. I feel like a lot of times they were, hey, let me just go email the BO boys because they're 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 the our BO family. Mm-hmm. And we're so much funner or more fun than most people's real families. So we got an email from Chris, Wannabeo Boy Chris, not to be confused with Wannabeo Boy intern Christopher. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is Chris, and Chris said, Hi, Pat and Clayton. I just want to let you know that I saw Glass Onion today at the DC Alamo Draft House. I know you're not critics, huh? My God, I cannot believe Netflix spent $450 million for this crap. Unfunny and way too long. Of course, I'm sure you're right, and it would have done Bafo-ish box office, but oof, not a good movie. Always enjoy you guys, especially Clayton's Dwayne Johnson hate. Thank you for that, Chris. Now, so here's the thing. Chris did not like this movie. I mean, Mm -hmm. not everybody loved it. But people were seeing it, and even he can say that they're seeing it. Now, I want to use this email real quick to make an announcement that I am boycotting Knives uh, Out 2, Glass Onion. I will never see this movie. Now, I boycott— You will not watch it on Netflix when it streams? Nope. Okay. I have boycotted movies before. I boycotted Toy Story 4, a movie that I've never seen— and I boycotted it because they decided to not open it Father's Day weekend, and they left money on the table. They were too worried about foreign money. They were too worried about international money. They did not open it in the corridor when they should have opened it. Therefore, they left domestic money on the table. Glass Onion left so much money on the table that I cannot in good conscience boycott Toy Story 4 and not Boycott mm-hmm. Knives Out to Glass Onion. So this is a movie I will never see. Wow. Now, have you seen the original Knives Out movie? Yeah. And you liked it? It was fine. Yeah, I liked it fine. I got it as a screener. It was good. Wow. So a movie that... Okay, but you didn't love it. So this is not a huge uh, uh, sacrifice for you to boycott this movie. I mean, listen, from what people are saying, you know, Chris uh, Chris had his opinions. Uh, of course, Wanna Be a Boy Austin had his opinions. This is a movie I was excited to see because I had heard that it is better than the first one. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. guess what? I'm just going to have to deprive myself because sometimes your morals and what you believe in are more important than your carnal pleasures. Or your right, right. whatever sort of pleasures. 
right? right? Your bodily pleasures, your earthly pleasures. I, I mean, I give you, I give you some amount of credit for doing this, but it's a sequel to a movie you didn't love. So the sacrifice, the sacrifice is there, um, but it's not, it's not quite starvation level here. Well, my eyes, you're not, you're my, not like. My, I'm, I'm, my, my eyes are not seeing it, which is what Netflix wants, and my, my wallet is not giving money to this movie. Because also, why would I give mo- money to this movie when Netflix doesn't even give a shit about it? Right? They'll right, release right. it in 700 theaters and take that money. What are they going to do with that money? They're not even like that's the thing that's so disgusting about that whole thing. And not to go back to it, but I feel like I need to is that that's wasted money. That money mm-hmm. it made this weekend means nothing to Netflix, and it's wasted money. These people might as well have thrown their money down the toilet and flushed it for as much as Netflix gives a shit about theatrical money. And that's disgusting to me. That is fucking repulsive to me. Would this incredibly limited theatrical release for Knives Out 2 Glass Onion, would it be less repulsive if Netflix beforehand had announced all the ticket money they bring in is going to charity. A box office isn't that about be, charity. That because, no. but, but that because they were not going to do a full theatrical release and that box office money isn't, isn't part of their you know uh, uh, goals here, that they were going to donate the theatrical run to charity. That's that pandering. That's pandering. Okay. It's like... Devotion had to sweat and bleed for $9 million, and that mm-hmm. studio's keeping that money. This isn't celebrity mm-hmm. jeopardy. This mm-hmm. isn't mm-hmm. this this is a business. And if they were to give that and they were to to, to say they're gonna give that to charity, it's just like how infantilizing is that to all of us? Right. You would have been even angrier. I would I'm angry now at stuff. this hypothetical. This hypothetical right, is, right. is is heating me up again. And nothing Here's, against charity. Charity's great. You should give to charity. You shouldn't talk about it though. That's the other thing. Right. If they're touting they give money to charity, you know, the people who tout how much money they give to charity don't give a lot of money to charity. The people who give a lot of money to charity never talk about it. Right, right. It's you only never on talk the, about I it. I never talk about it. But that's also because right. I don't give any, but you know, it's one of those things. You can tell that I don't give, but there's people who don't talk about it and give. Right, right. Here's another reason. Again, listen, we're harping on the Knives Out non-release, but we have to. It's it's a giant story. Something that really makes me upset about this non-release for Glass Onion is this could have been, and we touched on this when, when me and you were talking off mic over the weekend, part of a huge star coronation for actor Dave Bautista. Mm-hmm. You know, he's one of the new stars of of Glass Onion. You know, it's a whole new cast from the first one. And he's coming off the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, which he's obviously the most beloved character in. Drax is more beloved than whoever it is that Chris Pratt plays and the other people play. He's the breakout character there. He's, he's got a solid role in the first Dune movie. People liked him in that. And he would have had a, a chance where he would have had this Glass Onion movie opening up to Baffa Bobo, could have made $70 million opening weekend, $200 million domestic, and he would have been rolling that right into early next year. I think it's January or early February. He is the star 
of Knock at the Cabin Door, the new M. Night Shyamalan thriller mm-hmm. that is getting, of course, a theatrical release because M. Night Shyamalan, and he has that audience. This would have been... And then he's got Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which would have been the finale, and I'm sure Drax is probably the scene stealer in that. So this movie would have been part of what could have been a really hot box office streak, mm-hmm. star-making streak for Dave Bautista. And because of Netflix, we are going to be deprived of a key key part of that streak. I mean, maybe the M. Night Shyamalan movie is so big that that's all he needs to become a giant theatrical star, but being part of the Glass Onion making $200 million domestic would have been huge for him. And that is the kind of thing we lose when Netflix doesn't give real theatrical releases to their big movies. We lose the chance to coronate new movie stars like Dave Bautista. Well, because Bautista would be in the headlines for opening Knives Out to Glass Onion at number one and also Mm -hmm. having a Bafo Streamo special on Disney Plus, the -hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy special, holiday special. So he would have hits on both fronts. Right, right. And, that's and the M. Night Shyamalan movie coming, coming out up. in just a few months. And you know that movie, it's going to make its $50, $60, 70000000 million total domestic because M. Night Shyamalan has an audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a built-in audience, an audience that will follow him. And yeah. his movies are made on a budget, a very small you know, budget that he controls. You know, The budget is his house. Yeah, yeah, but but this is this is the type of thing we lose when Netflix doesn't put big movies in theaters. Dave Bautista, this would have been a huge, huge weekend for him. And instead, we're sitting here talking about how it was only in seven hundred. And, and this is how you build. Not what we wanted to be talking about. And this, this is, is not we wanted to be talking about. Ed Norton finally has a big hit. Kate Hudson finally has a big uh, hit. Kate Hudson resurrected Bautista- from the dead. Like, these are stories. Yep. Instead, we're not going to get to talk about that because they only put this in 700 theaters for one week. So we don't get to talk about how Kate Hudson's back from the box office dead, how Ed Norton is in a number one movie, how Dave Bautista is a brand new giant star. We don't get to have that conversation. Netflix is forcing us to have the conversation we've had for the last hour, which is bitter and disappointed and that this is a disgusting and, act. And that's why I'm saying Netflix is damaging theatrical down the line, not only now, but down the line. Because when Batista has a number one hit that opens to over $40 million, which is what Knives Out 2 would have done, he can mm-hmm. then open other movies that make Bafa Bobo at the theaters. Kate Hudson mm-hmm. can now go do another movie, a modestly budgeted movie that may make money in theaters. Without this movie doing that, she will then just be relegated to streamo movies again. Right? Yep, I yep, mean, it's damaging yep. and on all commercials. fronts. Absolutely. Now, just to close it, we got yeah. an email from Wannabe O Boy Reed. Okay. And he's on a few topics, but I thought this was a great email. And, you know, we, we had our chuckles reading this. Mm-hmm. First off, he says, when my eight-year-old has no interest in seeing Strange World, Disney has issues. He's interested in Avatar, Guardians Holiday Special, and Puss in Boots, a movie we're going to talk about this Christmas. 
And then he said, P.S. What I imagine the B.O. Boys Thanksgiving is. Did I say I wanted cranberries? Huh? Did I say I wanted pumpkin pie? Huh? Did I say I wanted green bean casserole? Huh? Or, time for the Thanksgiving plow, right through these mashed potatoes. Or, my favorite, time to divide up the turkey. 50 million for the butterball, 10 million for the stuffing, 10 million for the oven, 30 million for Top Gun Maverick. God bless Tom Cruise. Happy Thanksgiving. Wow. I mean, Reed, you kind of nailed it. Yeah. You know, the B.O. boys, we did spend Thanksgiving together at my in-laws. Uh, it was me, my wife, my in-laws, and B.O. boy Clayton. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't know if, if he was eavesdropping. You know, if he was out in the yard, he was down in the basement with a, with a notepad. But y- y- you kind of nailed it. You kind of nailed it, Reed. That is pretty much how a B.O. boy's Thanksgiving goes. Yep. And, uh, you know, listen, maybe one day we'll, we'll make a holiday special. And, uh, you know, I, I think I think Reed has a pretty good first draft of what it'll be like. Yep. And just a little amendment. I ruined his joke. It was 50 million for Butterball, the company, not the Butterball. So there you mm. go. Funny yep. stuff, Reed. Always great. Thank you so much. And we're thankful for all of our wannabeo boys, wannabeo girls, wannabeo people. People. Who always um, reach out. Via mm-hmm. email or via Twitter. Yes. So, I mean, we're, we're out there. When I say we want to be a winter and Christopher is out there on Twitter on the B.O. Boys pod is our handle. He's putting out the audiograms. He's starting to mix it up now in the, in the comments. So you could go talk to the B.O. Boys by way of our intern, Christopher, if you interact with the B.O. Boys pod handle on Twitter. And listen, guys and girls and people, people. If, you, if you have not started following that account, you really got to because we might be doing some very special broadcasts from Twitter. We might be. We're, we're right now doing some research. We're, we're looking into logistics. But we might be doing some broadcasts right from Twitter, right from that account. And if you follow us there, if you follow at the B.O. Boys pod on Twitter, you're going to have a chance to interact with us, not just through emails, not just through text, but actually talking to the B.O. Boys. You know, it's something that is in the works, but you got to follow us on Twitter right now for that to be a possibility. Yeah. So it's very important. Follow us at the B.O. Boys pod on Twitter, and you might just have a chance for a live broadcast where you could jump up there and you could talk to the B.O. Boys. Wow. Exciting stuff, Pat. Yeah. And, of course, you could always email us. Uh, we love getting these emails, love reading these emails. The B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. Uh, just very quickly, just want to make note of a email we got from Danny over at Ice Screen. You scream for number four movies. Number four, and he is calling out in a in an email with the subject line "Bob Chapstick descends into the strange world." Uh, he asks us kindly, ask uh, as I ask your kindly soul, let's now bury Bob Chapstick into ground from Disney 
into something called Strange World, where he belongs into the world of bombs and failures, where he'll regret himself, booted by Bob Iger for the throne of Disney. So that is from Danny. I mean, he wants us to give Bob Chapstick the Lyle Crocodile treatment, bury him under, but he wants him buried in the strange world. I mean, I love it. I think that's fitting. If Bob Chapstick ends up in the strange world, it'd be fitting. You know, it'd be very fitting. So that that is something I don't want to see that movie. I don't want Disney to make a strange world sequel where Bob Chapstick is buried there. But I think that is a good place for Bob Chapstick's eternal corporate soul to rest in the strange world. So thank you for that, Danny. And of course, everyone could email us great ideas like that at the Boys Podcast at gmail.com. Clayton, I think we've done we it. We definitely did it, Pat. And I don't think there's anything left to say. No. Except until next time. We'll, we'll smell, smell you, you at the... the-